Brady throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great throw by Brady. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannons. Brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself. Get fiber internet. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Dropping to throw Mahomes. We run a stunt, run a stunt. And we sack him at the 50-yard line. Wow, he's covered. Now your host, Bucks team reporter, Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest. I am so excited to be joined by outside linebacker Carl Nassib and now NFC South champ. Playoff bound, Let's Carl go. Nassib. Does that sound pretty good? Yeah, sounds great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. I know that uh, you did not end up getting to play, which is, uh, I'm sure you were very sad about, but at least they got the win. I'm sure that made oh, yeah, a big difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited that they got the win. Can't like can't tell you. I've never won a division before, so I'm pretty pumped to, wow. to get back out there as soon as possible. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, tell me about that feeling when game ends, especially when it was, uh, shall we say, a little stressful toward the end. Of the I mean, I was on the sideline, and I'm like, I'm about to pass out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I wasn't even playing. Um, I had like way too much caffeine and was way too amped up. But it was an electric game, and everyone played four four full quarters, and that's like been the story of a lot of our games this year is like playing to the bitter end and we did that and you know I'm really proud of everybody. Yeah fourth quarter comebacks y'all are the specialists at this point I'm sure that everybody would prefer to not have to do it but it's got to be nice to know you can. Um, What was it like just this whole week being around the team knowing the stakes that when it feels like a playoff game in the regular season what was the the vibe at, at practice and meetings in the locker room when everybody knew what this was about? That's a great question we had a great week of practice I think everybody was locked in. Um, we had a, you know, it was a tough travel week for everybody to go to Arizona. The last, you know, a late Sunday night game in the West Coast. Uh, everyone came back this week and had a lot of energy. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to Joe and Nelson for having a great week of practice, doing special teams, and playing all defensive snaps. So they really put the work in during the week, and the results showed on Sunday. Yeah, those guys have had to play every snap for, what, three games now? Does that feel oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're in shape now. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they weren't in shape before. They're in shape now. They worked now. off them holiday pounds. One thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, explain what that is like as an outside linebacker of how challenging that is and for them not to just do it but to be doing it with excellent stuff. Yeah, I've done it multiple times but never, like, three games in a row. So, like, I don't – I think that, you know, they're just embracing it. They're um, – taking up that challenge and really exceeding at it. I think they're playing their best ball and they're only getting better. I mean, uh, Joe's a young player. Nelson's coming. Nelson's a uh, younger player than me. Thank God someone's younger than me. Um, but they're just gaining more and more experience and they're getting you know just a lot better. And I'm really excited to see them continue to improve. Was there forward. a sense of, I don't know, revenge maybe when it comes to this Panthers team in particular of what had happened in that game earlier this season? Did that put yeah. a little extra mustard on it? I hate the Panthers. I like, <laughs> um, it's always like a get back against them, whether we beat them, whether we lost. Um, but it was, it's definitely a rivalry. Um, and I saw, you know, Jeremy McCoy was on the sidelines and I was like, you better be on, because he played over there right. for one year. And I was like, should never have gone over there, man. So... <laughs> Um, definitely feels good to beat them. Didn't he at one point? So you at one point were wearing his jersey number briefly here, right? For like a week. Like yeah, a yeah. week. Yeah, did, yeah. And did he, I, I think he probably said something to you about that? Yeah, he day. messaged me. He was like, "Don't mess it up." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he's like a lot of history on that number. I was like, "Gosh." I was like, "I don't need any more pressure." Yeah. Um, but then me and uh, 
Prev um, switched. So yeah, it was good. you're like, I need, I need another. I was like, I'll buy, I'll buy you something nice. Just switch. Give me my, give just me my give me something else. Give me my, give me my number back. I don't want to yeah. be hearing from him every single oh, 1, time. One thousand percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. What What do you guys feel like you learned from that first matchup against the Panthers? And I mean, I know there were definitely things different about both teams by this point, um, but to have such a different outcome from that first time to this time, what was it in, in game planning or just looking back at film? The things that you guys feel like you took away from that. I think that we were more resilient. I think that we played four full quarters. I think that as a defense, we were way more physical. If you watch the first game, we were not the more physical team. So I think that they had maybe 60 yards rushing. I'm not sure what the stats were, but um, the Panthers are coming off four really good weeks of football, and we knew that we had to stop the run. So as a defense, I think we played a lot more physical, which I love. I love when we play physical. So um, it's like it's a lot. It's like you can't you can't play not tough. You always have to play tough. So uh, I think that was the biggest difference from the last one. Yeah, we're talking outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Um, yeah, I mean their their run game has just been ridiculous. I mean the week before Killing they it. played you guys, mm-hmm. I think it. they've gotten like 380 rushing yards. The week Absolutely before. insane. Yeah. So um, what did it mean to you guys to see? When I know this especially has been something that. <laughs> This defense under Todd Bowles has prided itself on. A thousand percent. And then yeah. this year, some of the stats weren't quite uh, what they'd been the last couple of years in terms of run stopping. So to, to know that was what the Panthers were going to want to do to be able to stop that, what do you think that meant to this defense? And, and what were some of the keys? I mean, I know you, you mentioned the just playing more physical, but um, what were some of the things in terms of either game planning or just the execution that allowed you guys to be able to stop them like that? Yeah, just you know more basic ex- execution, staying in your gaps. I think that we played a lot better in our run gaps uh, compared to the time before. The time before we got you know gashed on guys just popping out of their gaps. Very, very, very simple stuff that is not game planning. It's just execution and doing your job. So we did that yesterday and or they did that yesterday and I watched um, so yeah it was uh, I was very proud that we as a defense um, kept a really good team um, without like scoring too much and yeah and I mean man though getting down 14 and nothing early that, that had to just be a crazy not, it's not a good start not a great not, not a ideal start, yeah. <laughs> not I drew it up um, I think about the fact that there was 14 nothing, and then there was also a point in the fourth quarter where it's 21 10. I don't even rem- I don't even realize it anymore. Like we're just like we're just fourth quarter comeback kids now. Yeah. I guess you know what I mean. I yeah. just don't even remember. Like I was just had breakfast and I was like, oh, we were down 11 in the fourth quarter. I didn't yeah. even realize. It doesn't even phase us anymore. Which is so yeah. I guess that's going to be part of my question is why can this team be down 14 nothing early? Why can this team be down 21 10 in the fourth quarter? and it not be the end, and it not be the thing where it's just over. Because I think so many games, so many teams, that sure. would be the case. Um, what is the feeling in those moments, in the huddle, on the sideline, and how are you guys able to not let that be the final answer? Um, it's a good question. I think, you know, we would we want to start faster, and we need to start faster, and we got to play, like I said, all four quarters. We can't play the last three or the last two. Um, but... Moving forward, we're going to play better teams. It's a playoff, so we have to play, you know, play four full quarters of complimentary football. And it's nice to come back at the end, but it's also nice to be the front runners of the game. So uh, we definitely need to improve on starting fast. And uh, we got to talk about Mike Evans. I mean, good grief. Insane. Absolutely insane. Three touchdowns, over 200 yards, got his 1,000-yard season yet again in style. Um, what was it like to watch him have a game like that? I mean, he does it all the time. I mean, he's he's absolutely electric. He's you know an amazing teammate, an amazing person, and a great football player. 
and to just see it all connect and yesterday was was awesome as well um we've been you know he's been around for nine years he's been killing it for nine years and um i'm just happy that he's he's cr still crushing it and he looks 21 still you know what i mean the guys the guys uh inspirational and uh he's a great teammate Feels like aging just sort of stops here in Tampa. Yeah, that's what? How it feels. Yeah, like, I gotta, I gotta stick know. around if I. Yeah, this is the, the reason. Uh, nobody to ages here, one thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, and because yeah, I mean Brady, tell me about watching his game. And did you even realize during the game the kind of stats that that he was compiling? No, I mean no, I don't. I think the stats might be up on the on the jumbotrons or something, but we never look up there. At least I don't. Yeah. Um, I just knew that he was playing hard and offense was playing hard. They were giving him time. The offensive line did a great job. Um, I don't know how many times we threw it, but um, to you know, keep him safe in the pocket, no interceptions, three, four, three touchdowns. Three yeah, I mean, throwing and three, one yeah, rushing, exactly four so touchdowns, four, yeah. one thousand uh, percent. He crushed it, and um, it's a great momentum builder moving moving into the postseason. So uh, we got to keep that rolling. And uh, I know that forcing turnovers has been something you guys have really been emphasizing on defense that hadn't mm -hmm. come in as many as I know the defense wanted most of the year. But then in this game, at least you had um, particularly Sean Murphy Bunting getting an interception, getting the forced fumble. Yep. Uh, what did you see from him and, and just the way he's been playing, uh, especially lately with some of the injuries? Sean's been really playing some of his best football. I saw him during the week, and he had a great game in Arizona last mm -hmm. week, and I was really impressed with how he played against one of the best receivers in the NFL last week. So um, I was really impressed. And then he came back again and even did better. So he's continuing to get better. He's a young guy, and he's got a great attitude. So he came up big in this game. He needs to continue to come up big and continue to get better because uh, we definitely need him, and we need depth at that position, um, just like all positions. And then, of course, your guy, Anthony Nelson. I, was, I thought I you know. were talk about him I know. First. I was Let's like, go. I'm going to go with Sean, and then I'll let you. I know. We're I was gonna... getting ready for Nelly, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, Anthony Nelson's second straight <clears throat> game with a strip sack. Kid's um, killing it. Tell me, why is he good at that in particular? Not just getting the sack, but it seems like an incredible percentage of the time he's also getting the ball out when he does it. Yeah, I mean, he's fast and he's strong, and, like, when he gets a clean hit, like, it's a lot of force behind it. So, um, he's getting stronger. He's getting faster. He's very athletic. Um, his technique and his pass rush moves are always getting better. And, you know, he's definitely getting the opportunities because he's out there the whole game. So it's just I'm really proud of the way that he plays all four quarters, you know, has energy, building up guys around him and, you know, stepping into more of a leadership role. So I'm excited to, you know, wa watch him every Sunday. And Joe is also killing it. So I just have a lot of, um, a lot of pride in those guys, and they're doing a really good job. I was thinking about the fact that, in particular, you and Anthony Nelson being very tall, especially for you know outside linebackers, and then the way mm -hmm. you guys are asked to play in this defense of where there's the pass rush, there's the run stop, but then also sometimes dropping back. Yeah, we coverage, do a lot. That's pretty unique for that position and then for y'all's body type in, in some ways. What are the sure. things that you and Anthony, why are the two of you guys able to do all those different things and be the size, height, all of that you are? Where does that make it more challenging, and where does that give you guys – sort of a bit of a, a benefit in those areas? Um, I think that, you know, outside of the we do a lot of different things, especially in this defense. We have to blitz in a lot of different ways. We have to cover. We have to really set the edge in a lot of, um, a lot of tough positions. And you can do that. You know, Jannard Avery is, I don't want to, uh, GA, you're 6'2", in my eyes, you're 6'2". <laughs> 
I don't know what he is, but he is definitely, Nelson and I are much taller. So you can get the job done. A lot of it just comes down to uh, knowing your responsibility, having good technique, and and hustling. So uh, whether you're 6'7 or wherever GA is. um, (laughs) Not 6'7. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Coach Bob Sanders is doing a good job coaching us up. but yeah, I think Nelly's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for. I think that he's uh, coming into his own, and he's very humble. You'll never hear him say anything about about himself. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's doing a great job. That's awesome. And then uh, Joe Tryanshrinka, what do you see from him of his potential? What he can be? You know, what he's done well. What are some of the things that you know coaches are still working on with him? And yeah. just Joe, what Joe could be for this defense? Joe's uh, an incredible athlete. Uh, he's very smart. He's got a great feel for the game. And he's got, he really, really hustles, and um, he's very young. I think that he's a great player now, and he's only going to get better. I think uh, you know he's had a great season and can will continue to improve and have a great career. I got nothing but faith in Joe. I think uh, you know he's one of the nicest guys I've ever had on, had on the team. Like the dude is just like always energy positive. He's always having fun, always smiling. So. Uh, we have a really, really good room. It's one of the more like supportive outside linebacker rooms that I've been a part of a lot of time. It can be like very like competitive in a negative way, but this has like been a very like we're all in each other's corner. So uh, I think that that is very positive thing. And Joe and um, Nelly are like very positive people, so it's nice. That's awesome. All right, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with outside linebacker Carl Nassib, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here again is Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. We are joined by outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Uh, I know that losing Shaq had to be such a blow for you guys yep. earlier this year. Um, what does he mean to that position group, to the team? What were the, the biggest things that y'all did lose when yep. he went down? Shaq's, Shaq's been a leader here since he first got here in 2019. He is one of the most underrated outside linebackers and pass rushers in the NFL. Um, he does not get nearly enough credit, and he is just a, an amazing person. He's <clears throat> a great teammate, and I'm pumped. You know, I was pumped to get back here and play with him again. And and losing him was terrible. I think uh, he's going to come back stronger. He's got a great attitude. Uh, it's good seeing him around the building, and. You know, he's still leading us. He's still uh, talking with the guys. So, I mean, Shaq is, uh, you know, one of the guys that you want in your corner. He's one of the guys you want in your room. He's a good teammate, and he produces better than, you know, anybody I play with. So, um, to get him back next year is going to be awesome. What are the things that you guys have had to do to try to make up for losing him? Is it Did nothing change in terms of the goals of what happens? It's just expected that somebody else steps in and does it? Or were there things that you guys had to sort of change because he wasn't the one out there? Yeah, I think uh, Shaq is one of the most productive players in the NFL, and I think that we all needed to uh, step up and produce and create pressure, create sacks, um, hustle, and do our job and contribute uh, to the defense, and uh, there were games that we played our our best, and there were games that we really needed to, we really needed to step up. Um, and without him, you know, we were doing things differently. You know, we're all different players, but uh, I think that we can continue to get better and produce as much as Shaq did. For you, before you got injured, uh, how did you feel like you were playing this year and in terms of looking at your career and then your time here as well? Where did you feel like your production was at and how you were doing? 
Um, before I got hurt, I thought I was, you know, doing my job. I really um, was just, I came back and wanted to do whatever the coaches needed me to do. I wanted to help the younger guys. I wanted to be supportive of them. And, um, you know, I was I was about to curse and I didn't curse. Good. That's, um, I think that's yeah. the second time, but I've been very impressed that I've that, that you could you. just tell can when see. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to swear. And I'm this not, the when Mike it's Evans 2023. Is on. No cursing oh, in 2023. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Or at least on the radio. On the radio, yeah. at least. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. the resolution all yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Thank you for censoring yourself. Our guy with the yes. bleep button isn't having to okay. work as hard. Okay, okay. No, your bleep guy is going to be very happy. No, I just love going out and hitting people. I love... You know, really making splash plays. I love. I love. You know, a lot of guys don't like playing the run anymore. I think um, dominating a team in the run game is one of the more fun parts of the football. And then you get to have even more fun because all they can do is pass. So um, I've been really happy with how I've been playing the run this year. I think I want to be a little more explosive uh, in the pass rush game. Um, but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. It's great to be back here. The coaches are amazing. Um, it was great to see Todd win. You know. Uh, the division as a head coach last night. I'm so proud of him. So excited to be back here with him. He's one of the most inspirational guys I've been with. Um, it's good to see, you know, just the players rally around him too. That's amazing. And when you talked about you being explosive, I just immediately thought about you making fun of yourself after the sack you got. I don't remember what oh my game God, it was. That, was. that was hilarious. You went on um, Chris Long's podcast yeah. and you compared yourself to Moe's running yeah. from the office, which just <laughs> so yeah, funny and I, like, weirdly accurate and now I can't just roasting it. myself in front of <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I would have thought anything of, of it until you did that which I feel like it's one of those where we all think everyone sees these things we do and really we're the ones that draw attention oh to totally 1000% like everyone would just be like oh you got a good sack and you were like but wait look at how weird I looked uh that made me laugh very hard <laughs> yeah so Bo Allen's always on Chris's podcast and I was just I just happened to be passing through yeah. and he's like oh do you want to say hi to Chris and so Chris and I are just, uh, you know, shooting the breeze, and I'm constantly hilarious. Of course so, you are. Uh, and humble, by And the humble, way. yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> hilarious. So um, I truly did look like Moe's running. Um, so i got to cut that out. Yeah. I can't be doing that. <laughs> my, uh, my career is going to get shortened if people think I, uh, I'm as athletic as, as Moe's. As yeah. Running in wool pants. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. We're talking outside linebacker Carl Nazim. Um you talked about that you just wanted to do whatever the coaches asked of you when they brought you here. What is that? What is it that made them want to bring you back? Did they tell you about what that was of, of why they felt like you would be a good addition to this team? Yeah, I think they know I bring a lot of energy and that um, you know I'm very accountable and I'm always going to do my job and uh, that like, I'm a tough player. So I always want to make sure that they have that in mind when they put me out on the field. Uh, I'm very lucky to be back here. I'm very lucky that they have faith in me to bring me back. Um, so yeah, I just uh, I love the game. Still feel it's crazy that this is uh, I've played in 99 games. So wow. um, it's crazy. It just feels like wow, I'm playing in one. Wow, your next one will be 100. Yeah, so that'll be pretty cool. That's great. Um, and it just goes by so fast. So I'm really you know as you get later in your career, you're just more and more appreciative of every opportunity that you get. So I'm very thankful for the opportunities that they've given me here. That's amazing. And you you said that you were. Um, inspired by Todd Bowles, you were happy for him and proud of him. What is it about him that makes you feel that way? That you know, it's not a given that players have that kind of passion for their head coach. Um, what is it that he has done, said, the way he coaches, who he is as a person that, yeah. that makes you say that? Uh, well, Todd was a player too, and I always love when I have a coach that is a former player. They get it. They 
Um, they understand the life, and he's definitely the smartest coach I've ever had. Um, and I can I like to consider myself kind of a smart person. Yeah. Uh, so I just have so much respect for how he coaches, his game planning um, from a you know defensive play calling and from head coaching. He simplifies the game so quickly and like can boil a team down into like four different into like four things. Wow. So um, his ability and the other like there was a play uh, in the Saints where I I know I said I'm accountable, <laughs> but I thought they were going to run a certain play, so I just nixed my responsibility and did something else. Mm. And I was totally out of position, and they almost converted a first down. So after the game, and I had done that twice this year, and after the game, I was like, you know, Coach, I really have to trust you. Like, I'm I'm anticipating a certain play, so I'm maybe just jumping out of my responsibility to try and make it. And he watches way more film than I do the entire offseason. Yeah. So, um you got to trust him. He is a great coach. He knows the game. He's played the game. Uh, he's been in big time situations, and uh, yeah, I just have the utmost respect for him. I'm imagining after you said that to him, there was some sort of smart remark back. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely hilarious, and he'll he'll, he'll zing you pretty quick. So, uh, um, I felt stupid just jumping out of my gap and trying to make a play, but he definitely made me feel more stupid for not <laughs> trusting him. Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah. He's very good at that. You yeah, know? definitely, for sure. But does it in a way that somehow isn't mean? No, not at all. No, that when you just... when you need to be made felt stupid, he'll yeah. make you feel stupid. <laughs> and, and, he does and it with I a need smile. to. I need it. Yeah, he does. He does it with a smile, and I need it to be made felt stupid. So yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Whatever that sentence was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, I know that now you've you had Larry Foot um, before, and then mm -hmm. now you have Bob Sanders as a coach. Uh, two very different people. Oh, yeah. um, tell me about what that has meant to the outside linebacker room watching Larry Foote now move over to there and kind of get the extra responsibilities of, you know, being assistant defensive coordinator, essentially. So um, what are the, the different ways that you respond to each of those coaches and, and what they've each done for you? Uh, Foote's the man. Um, he's going to be a head coach one day. He's got all the potential in the world as a coach. He was an amazing player. He's one of my dad's, like, all-time favorite players. Um, so I got n nothing but respect for foot as a player, as a coach, and as a person. Um, he's a great leader, great mentor. Um, Bob, the same thing. Bob's played. Um, Bob's coached in a lot of, you know, great situations. He's a he does things differently than foot, but he's also got so much experience. He's a very motivating and passionate person, and it's really exciting because he's very low key during the week and then you get to see him on game day get really excited and then go low key again he, gets he like stores it all yeah up. he does like yeah hibernating yeah bob's a great coach um i think foot was excited that uh he got out of the outside linebackers room because i was always giving foot a hard time <laughs> yeah always got always on his case that's great um how about just for you watching um some of the other aspects of the defense this year and you know the, the defensive line getting akeem hicks in here as well and and just what you've seen from all those different guys, whether it's Akeem and, and Vita together, and then guys like Will and Nacho, and, mm -hmm. and now Logan as a as a rookie. Uh, what are some things that you see from them that you know how it can benefit you guys as outside linebackers? They're they're playing great football. I mean, uh, Will's a bully, and I love when Will's a bully. He like runs through people, and he just brings a lot of excitement. I mean, he had like twelve TFLs yesterday. Um, so love watching him play. Nacho's got probably the best energy on the team and he plays like he's 21 so like he is awesome to be around and then Vita and Akeem are just some of the biggest humans I've ever seen yeah. and they just manhandle people 
And like I was doing, I was checking my arms next to Akeem's on the sideline and just like feeling really bad about myself. <laughs> um, but they're dominating. I, I'm really excited to see Logan Hall come into his own very soon. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's got a lot of talent. And he's a great guy. He's a really, really great guy. He, um, he's always, you know, smiling, having fun. And that's what you want from a rookie. You want that young energy. Um, and he's got great uh, players to look up to. And I mean, Casey's the best coach too. Casey's like is very underrated as a coach as well. So Casey will get him, you know, to his full potential. I have no doubt in that. And you know, they've we've got one of the best lines, if not the best line, D line uh, in the NFL. That's amazing. And then how about the inside linebacker crew? Uh, watching the way that Devin has grown since earlier in his career when yeah. he got to be here, and just the the tandem of he and Levante and what they mean to this defense. When even certain games you might not always hear the the stats or know. Yeah what they're doing, but tell us what they mean to the defense even in times that we don't hear their name announced. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't seen the tape yet from last night, but when I was watching the film of uh, Arizona last week, I think Devin had his best, at least my eyes, I don't know if the stats were the same and if he's had a great year statistically, but the way he was playing in Arizona was was phenomenal. He's, he was electric, the way he was covering, covering ground and playing physical. Um, Levante, Again, as another another player who is wildly underrated and needs to be talked about more, he is one of the most consistent, talented, and you know productive middle linebackers in the NFL, and he's been doing it for ten years, 12, eleven years, forty years. I don't know. Yeah, however <laughs> many. Yeah, this, yeah, who knows, right? You lose count down here. Um, Again, the non-aging. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and you know Levante. You you talk about any teammate that's had that's been teammates with Levante, that's come through here, that's you know lo- no longer here, and, and they'll say like he's the ultimate teammate. He, he'll come in after a game, before a game, summarize it, talk, you know, talk to the guys, and really rally everybody um, in good times, and in, especially like in times of like adversity. He's really the guy that you want to look to. So I got nothing but amazing things to say about Levante. He's uh, He's definitely somebody that I'm really lucky to know and to be uh, teammates with. That's incredible. And watching um, the offensive line this year go through all the adversity they have, all mm-hmm. the different combinations of people, um, guys having to step up to roles they didn't expect it. Um, what have you watched from them in practice and games and, and just seeing – I know you didn't get to actually really face them in training no, camp and yeah. all of that. But um, to see the way that they have handled that and to know what it would be like to have to face a group like that after everything they've gone through. Yeah, I think that they're uh, they're rallying. I think that they're hitting their stride in a good part of the year. Um, I think you know Tristan's one of the best tackles I've ever gone against. I remember, I think the year y'all won the Super Bowl, you, you guys came to Vegas when I was in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I played against him in his rookie year, and I had no idea who he was, and I was giving him everything I got, and I told him this, and I was like, I was like, who the hell is this freaking rookie? Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he he was fighting hard, like. He is, he's a really tough, tough player, and he's got all the talent in the world and is also a great dude. So um, he's a great leader for the, for the O-line. Um, I've known Donovan Smith since I was 18. He's a great player, a great person. This, like, is so understated athletically, you know, and is also a great person off the field. He does so much in the community and has been doing so much in the community since he's been in the league. Um, so I got nothing but respect for the O-line and um, can't wait to see them continue to get better. All right, well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with outside linebacker Carl Nassib, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. 
Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. We are joined by outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Um, I think that you will forever be remembered as the financial educator from yep. Hard Knocks. I feel like. I hope so. Yeah, you're good. I at hope that. so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's I awesome. I love that. And um, I also heard you almost went against your own advice and bought a um, Rolex for Taylor Swift. Does that sound like an accurate story? Um, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to impress my idol, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And she's the greatest. So I, uh, um, I had the opportunity to, you know, meet her back when I was playing for the Browns. So this was so long ago. Yeah. yeah this is, this is a See, question from forever research. ago. I yeah. This research, is a long man. time ago. But you were um, here. So I'm like, I, I exactly. Ask about yeah. This. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love talking about, uh, financial education, financial literacy, yeah. you know, financial wellness, whatever you want to, uh, term it, but it's just so important for, players to talk about it casually it doesn't always have to be like a really classroom setting exactly yeah. so um i like to see guys come up to me with questions about investing about saving about budgeting and i'm working with a great company financial finesse that who has a partnership through the nflpa and they've had it for a year and they offer uh nfl players financial coaching as well for free and we're doing a lot of great stuff with them and i'm just so passionate about it um i think that as NFL players, we just have such a great platform to like be role models for financial wellness. And uh, if I can be known for that guy, that's that's a 10 out that's of 10. That's the dream. Yeah, yeah, that's the dream because it is just so important to be a role model for good financial habits because it does trickle down to a lot of different, um, a lot of different things that people don't realize. And it's just is a better way of measuring success, right? Me success isn't what, um, you wear around your neck, what you drive, success is like the impact that you make in your life and in other people's lives. I love that. And I know you're also um, doing some stuff with your alma mater when it comes to some of the financial stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so we're working with Penn State um, and we're working with a lot of other schools and we're doing a, um, a lot of different things when it comes to financial wellness, trying to get um, athletes of all caliber to, to buy in, to culturally set the standard um for financial wellness that's great and post football what would be in your mind sort of the the business plans because i know that like you're a guy that even yeah if you don't need to work like you're still going to be a guy that wants to do the sort of business side entrepreneurial whatever it is yeah one thousand percent um i actually launched a, an app called raise uh this year um well i guess it's 2023 uh um, last year yeah, yeah in the um summer of last year and it's a volunteering app you know we're basically the linkedin of philanthropy and it's a place where you can find nonprofits, find volunteering opportunities in your neighborhood on your way to and from work and uh, to post about it, inspire others, get inspired. So that's my baby. And it's like, it's been something I've been working on for four or five years now. It's incredible. And I, uh, I have a great team. My, my raised team is incredible. Um, and we've got so much coming out in 2023. We have literally the next... 13 months planned already. Wow. So uh, it's it's been great. Um, I'm excited for everyone to see what we're doing. And I'm really hoping to make an impact in a lot of people's lives and to give people, you know, more of like a refuge from all the negativity that you yeah. might see on social media, negativity you might see in the news. Like this is a positive platform. This is a fun thing to do. Um, so yeah, that's my plan for afterwards, and I think it's going to be absolutely beautiful. That is amazing. I, I love that. And um, I just feel like your your path football-wise has just been so interesting 
and maybe makes you value some of that stuff as for well, sure. knowing how unlikely yeah. It's, yeah. it was. So yeah. um, maybe for people who don't know, take them through for you the whole high school to college to, you know, the, sure. maybe the, the less likely, um, not quite the five-star recruit, all the D1 offers, mm-hmm. easy first-round draft pick sort of situation that people come to expect for NFL guys that you were you were a little bit different than that. Yeah, 1,000%. I... Um... I never started in high school. I definitely was a what they call a late bloomer. You know what I mean? And um, I had a great opportunity to walk on at Penn State. So I was a walk on at Penn State. And I uh, got a scholarship after two years on the team. And that honestly was like one of the best, if not the most amazing accomplishment I've ever gotten. Like it was something I worked so hard for, sacrificed for. And any walk on will tell you that like it is your crowning achievement. Um, so I played five years at Penn State. I had three different head coaches. There was a lot of a lot of tumultuous times at Penn State, but I, you know, I cherish every minute of it. It was probably the best college experience anybody could have. Um, I got drafted to the Cleveland Browns, and we were uh, one in thirty-one in my first two years. And wrote, you know, exactly right. This is like exactly the situation yeah. you want to get into. The dream. But what's difficult, not a lot of people know, is that when you're in the NFL and you get branded as a loser it's tough to like come back from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of players get drafted to a team and they go win the Super Bowl, right? And they get put on this like kind of, not, not an easy streak, but like they're they're also branded as a winner. Yeah. And, and front offices, coaches, they want players that know how to win mm. and they want players that like have won. So that's why you see a lot of guys get drafted from the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Ohio States, like these big time schools, the Penn States. <laughs> um, because they know how to win. Yeah. So it was very difficult for me to come into the league and the guys from my draft class, like we've really stuck it out and like fought against being branded as that. So, um, you know, came here, so blessed to come here. I had the time of my life here. Then I went to Vegas and also had the, you know, some of the greatest teammates and now I'm back. And it's uh, it's been like a blink. I can't believe this is, you know, this is like the end of my seventh year. and. Um, so I, I still feel like I'm like 19 and like getting my scholarship as a walk on sometimes. Yeah. That's just incredible. I think to not start at all in high school and to now mm-hmm. have played this long in the NFL, like yeah. that is already just such a crazy. I was idea. a nerd in high school. Uh, I was definitely a nerd well, in high school. First of all, you're still a nerd. That's true. Yeah, yeah, now, actually, yeah <laughs> exactly. Nothing has changed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what classified you as a nerd in high school? Oh God. I loved like. AP environmental, like we were just like <laughs> identifying birds and leaves and stuff. And so I was, you were an old man. So my degree, well. my degree is in biology, yep. and like one of my favorite things is going to uh, the Museum of Natural History in DC, and like I could just spend all day there, it and is it is the, just the most interesting thing ever to me. Um, so I love that stuff. It is just so interesting and totally useless information. Like, <laughs> like some of the most useless information a human being can learn is what I've learned in my academic, academic career. Yeah. yeah, and that's like the definition of a nerd is like you're like really into and specialized in something totally like learning for the sake of niche. Learning. Yeah, yeah, one thousand percent. And yeah. you use the word niche. That's another. Exactly. That's another okay. I'm very good vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> you do. We're talking outside linebacker Carl Nassim. Um, did I also hear that you had a gym built on the farm when you were younger? Is that a thing? Well, I built a gym on my farm. Oh, now? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I built sure a gym in like... COVID. No, I had to build oh, like, a, wow. yeah, like a custom Sorenex gym um, in my house in Pennsylvania. That's great. And is that like, is Pennsylvania where you like want to land? That's like the forever place? Yep. That's my, uh, that's where I'm planting roots. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Greatest 
um, town and the greatest state and the greatest country and the greatest planet ever. Um, I love it so much. Like it is, it's, I, I just love Westchester. It's the best. That's amazing. And I know that we talked about how you, you know, you didn't start in high school and then you walked on at Penn State. Um, I also heard that, what, tell, tell us what your coach said when you told him you wanted to play in the NFL. Oh, that was one of the most brutal conversations I've ever had with, <laughs> with a human being. Um, I went, so this was after my second year at Penn State and I hadn't played in the team. I had been injured. I hurt my knee. Um, and so I went to Bill O'Brien's office and I said, you know, coach, I want to play in the NFL. He's like, let me stop you right there. He's like, you will never play here. He's like, you're going to have to work your hardest to be on scout team here. I swear to God, that's what he said to me. And he was like, for you to come to tell me you want to play in the NFL is an insult. He's like, oh he said, God. get the F out of my office. And I left and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I've never been like that destroyed. That was, like, that was a very humbling experience. And then the next day, the strength coaches were like, what did you just say to head coach? Like, are you an idiot? Like, they, oh they really, God. and then I actually had to like, You're like cool. I'm and then the next morning it. I got punished and I had to do like extra sprints at like five in the morning or something like that. Um, For saying that? Yeah, uh, but 99 games later. So yeah, so it's good. That is incredible. I love that story. And then I also know you ended up being the Rotary Lombardi Lombardi. Winner. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And you beat out Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Shaq Lawson. Like, good yeah. Lord. Those are great guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, Joey's a great dude. Uh, Miles and I played together. Shaq's an awesome guy as well. And uh, we were all just youngins back then, so it was, uh, it was a good time. Ones. Yeah, exactly. You talked yeah. about you were a late bloomer. Um, so how much weight did you end up having to put on essentially in college or maybe late high school and then into college? We were talking, I was talking about this last night. Um, and so funny you asked, uh, I think I got to college at like 215 and then I left at like 275, 277. So I put like wow. well over 60 pounds on in college Wow! in like four years. That's crazy. How yeah. did you do that? Well, I'm like six seven, and I have a seven foot wingspan. It's true, it can so, spread out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's and got a lot like of places to people go. all like people will say like, "Oh, what are you two twenty? You know what I mean? I'm like, "No, I'm actually two seventy. Yeah. And I want to like freak out. Yeah, you know. Um, but it really just a lot of chicken and rice. All I do is eat That's chicken it. and rice. Yeah, which is funny because chicken's not even that like calorically dense. Like, so I feel yeah. like you had to eat a lot eat of a lot. chicken I was, and rice. Oh my god, I was eating like three pounds of chicken a day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was gross. That sounds yeah. terrible. And like, I was so broke in college that I would go to Walmart. No, no digs at Walmart, but like, they had like dollar fifty pound chicken breast, and like those one thousand percent had like all the growth hormones in the world. Like so these that's chicken breasts, how you did it. yeah, these chicken breasts were like the size of my thighs. Like they were huge. <laughs> And I didn't think anything of it back then. But you like, were basically taking <laughs> performance-enhancing drugs through, through the my, chicken. Through yeah. the Walmart chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's um, so incredible. That is definitely how I gained the weight. So when you you uh, you had a biology degree, um, what was the original besides just enjoying learning about biology? What no. was the original plan or goal with that? Because I feel like that is not the typical quote-unquote athlete degree per se. Although maybe you weren't expecting to just get to do the you know, easy path to the NFL. And so yeah. I knew you kind of needed a degree. <laughs> That's a great question. There's a funny story in there is like, so I, I've always loved science. I've always loved math. And um, when I went to college, I always wanted to have a backup plan. You know, I was walk on, there was a very small chance of me actually making it to the NFL and then actually making money. Yeah, they like tried a lot to of... convince you that the, the NFL was definitely the backup plan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted to go to med school um, and 
my grandmother, Bridget, rest her soul, um, you know, two years ago, I was, you know, in, in Vegas, making a lot of money, and she was always making me say, she's like, now you're gonna, you're gonna remember, you still gotta go to med school, right? Oh so she just never let it go. She was like, well, once you're done with all this football crap, yeah, all this you know what stuff, I mean? Yeah. Get back, get back to your studies, because she was an educator for over 40 years. Oh. So like, and my sister's a teacher, so um, that's really, like, and my mom is, you know, a very intelligent person, and loved school and always kept our grades up. So I've always loved school and loved education. So a lot of it was her, but I don't think I'm gonna go to med school. I really don't want to anymore. Um, but luckily. Um, Bridget sounds like she'll forgive you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think we're good. So you wanted to go to med school yeah. to be what exactly? Did you have an idea as like you a know, specific You know, I really one? wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, I really wanted to like reshape knees and stuff like that. I thought that, that was really cool and I always like, it sounds really weird and like nerdy, but like I always thought the ankle was like a really cool part of the body because like you have 99% of your weight going down on one joint and it's yeah. at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. And I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how do you just walk around all day every day and it's just like fine, like holding all your weight constantly. It's so weird to we're me. We're finding out how Carl's brain works. Like, yeah. This is the kind of so stuff So I think thought about. that that was super interesting and I wanted to do that. And you said that you were... Uh, Pretty broke in college, so, yeah, so broke. you were not only doing a biology degree and playing football, but you also had to have part-time jobs, right? Yeah, I, I got. This is awesome. This is like a memory, yep. memory blast. So when I was in high school, I worked at Dairy Queen with my sister and her now husband, oh, that's and amazing. Uh, I called us the dream team. <laughs> and I was horrible because all I did was eat the ice cream and talk to people. <laughs> um, so there's this one funny story where she hands me an ice cream cone to give to the customer behind me. And I thought that she was just being nice. So she, I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I just like took a huge bite out of the top of it. And the customer was like, are you kidding me? Oh my so gosh. I took that talent to Penn State and I worked at the Creamery. Because you, ever, I don't, you obviously were so good at this. I was, You were yeah. like, let's keep doing this. So I ate so much ice cream at the Creamery. Um, and that is some of the best ice cream in the world. I don't know if anybody's ever been, anybody listening has been to Penn State, but if you gotta, if you do go, you gotta go to the Creamery. And, and hope people working there are better than you. Yeah, constantly, yeah, absolutely. I overscooped people all the time, so. Oh, then good. no, you were yeah, great. Yeah, I was, wasn't good for business, yeah, but good but for the customer. Good for, the customer yeah. Yeah. good for customer loyalty. I imagine that working at an ice cream place would help with the putting on of the 60 It definitely pounds. did, yeah. definitely did, yeah. Cholesterol, was, cholesterol was through the roof, uh, but. <laughs> Everything else was, uh, my bench was through the roof too, yeah, so that, that's fine. It sounds better than the chicken as a strategy, yeah. 100%. Um, I, I feel like you are, I always love players who seem to be entirely different often on the field. I find that fascinating. Oh yeah, that's me. You are 100% that because yeah. like you're just a fun-loving, goofy, nerdy yeah. dude. And then on the field, like you said, you just want to like destroy somebody. Yeah. How does this happen? Why does this happen? When does this switch occur? It's funny to say that's the switch. I don't know. Um... There's very, I don't know, that's uh, some, like, I think a lot of guys are like that. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, very common. Like, you can't, I think my friend put it in an interesting way. He was, like, you, like a warrior in the garden or a garden and a warrior, something like that, where, like, you have this um, mentality of, you know, of uh, toughness and that you want to, um, you know, perform in a very, in a tough way on the field, but you can't carry that to... You know your normal life and with your family and your friends and stuff like that so uh, football is a physical game it's a grown man's game and if you're not physical you're probably not gonna last very long um, if I wasn't physical I get beat up out there mm -hmm. so uh, 
you got a lot of great physical players that you get to compete with every day. So I think it's a competition, right? I think the competition brings it out of everybody. It is the most competitive job on the planet. You have to come to work every single day and be on your best. And that is what a lot of people don't realize that in a lot of professions, you can have a bad week. You know what I mean? You can have a bad month where you're just like, oh, I didn't hit my sales this quarter for a whole three months. And you're like, all right, I'll, I'll, get, I'll have a get back next um, next quarter, next yeah. quarter, right? Um, but in football, and you know, I don't, I can't speak for other sports. It's like you have to come in and practice every single day. You have to um, be locked in, know your responsibilities, and compete. And not only do that, but you have to compete against the best athletes in the world. And um, what people don't realize as well is that this is some of the most humble, hardworking people. You, you see the kind of the guys that get a lot of the attention. In the NFL are more of like the uh, the outrageous guys, but like the majority of us are just quiet, hardworking, fun guys. Yeah. And that do kind of have that switch. Um, so I think it is a necessary dynamic to have to be a good football player. So interesting. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with outside linebacker Carl Nassib, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I am joined by outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Uh, so now going into this last game of the regular season, it's got to be a little weird that it is essentially meaningless. <laughs> yeah. It's very rare to have a meaningless yeah. game in the NFL. Um, what do you feel like is going to be the way the team tries to handle this in terms of being ready for the playoffs, but then also making sure you're trying to rest some guys or of what the team wants to do this week? That is a great question. That is way above my pay grade. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've never been enough. in this situation. I've never had a game at the end of the season not affect our playoff position. But, you know, playing football is not like riding a bike. You got to stay sharp. You got to stay in shape. You got to stay mentally prepared. So I just, I'm employee number 94. So I show up exactly, you know, five minutes early to where they want me to be. Um, and I trust the, the staff, the coaches, and everybody to be locked in and whether, you know, whatever the schedule may be. Are you hopeful that you could try to be back for this week, or is it because it's meaningless you don't even want to try to come back in? I just want to come back as fast as I possibly can, you know what I mean, um, with you know, safety in mind. So um, we got a great um, athletic training staff. Uh, Bobby and Dutchie have been doing a great job uh, getting me back. So um, putting my, put my trust in them for sure. And I know that it's, it's always – so important how a team is playing going into the playoffs that it's just about making it and once you're there it doesn't matter what the record was in the regular season yeah. and it's about a lot of times who is getting hot at the right time in the playoffs where would you say this team is at right now in terms of how they've looked all year of like the percentage of the the best ball sure. that you guys are playing and, and how much more room is there for even better ball for you guys to be playing yeah that's a great question i think the NFL is so unique because it's not like the NBA, MLB, or NHL where they have three to seven games to figure out who the best team is, right? It's very hard for a team to upset somebody in seven games. But when you get to the, like in the NFL, it's one game, like it's a one game tournament. So anything can happen. It's about, you know, hitting your stride right at, at the right time. You know, we had great momentum off the last two games and I want to see us continue that. I want to see us to have, like we've had great weeks of practice. Um, everybody's dialed in, and we're also having fun. I just tell people all the time, like, you got to have fun with it because you're not going to last very long. It's a very tough, demanding, mentally draining job that you have to have fun. You have to goof around and enjoy the time with you know, your team because 
everybody knows that no team is the same from year from year to year. Um, having fun with the guys and making sure that we're at our best uh, moving forward is definitely the plan. We're talking to outside linebacker Carl Nassib. And so now what do you remember uh, about Atlanta and maybe some of the things that you guys are going to have to pay attention to this week and, and maybe the ways that you guys can use this game to, to be where you want to be as a team, whoever ends up playing? Yeah, Atlanta's another divisional game. They're always, they always play us tough. We always play them tough. Um, we're playing them in Atlanta, uh, so we got to travel to them. Um, we're excited for the challenge. We're excited to get better. We're excited to get another win. Uh, finish the season with a winning record is always important. Uh, it's a good stamp to put, you know, on the end of the regular season, and it's good to keep the momentum going. I mean, whether it's meaningless or not, winning is winning, and everybody in the building wakes up to be a winner. So, looking at them, they do a lot of uh, a lot of good things in the run game, um, and they got a lot of you know. Young, uh, young talent, I think. And so it's a good challenge for us to end the, end the regular season on a great note. Awesome. Well, Carl, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This has been great. And uh, good luck these, these next couple weeks and going in the playoffs. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. And thanks for all of you guys for joining us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio.